I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under the sky. It is a heavy burden that God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a chasing after wind. That which is crooked can't be made straight, and that which is lacking can't be counted. I said to myself, Behold, I have obtained for myself great wisdom above all who were before me in Jerusalem. Yes, my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also was a chasing after wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 12 through 18. Welcome back to my Bible study podcast. I'm Brian, and we're still working our way through our study, Worldly Hevel, Joy in Christ, a concurrent study of the books of Ecclesiastes and Philippians. These books cover key questions that many of us ask. Where do we look to find our identity? What is the meaning of life and all the things that we do under the sun? And who can we trust in to provide us with lasting joy? Today we're finishing the first chapter of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 12 through 18. And these take an intellectual turn, specifically looking toward the aims of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. Spoiler alert, Solomon concludes that trying to find your identity in wisdom is a waste. He finds the folly of trying to attain wisdom just for wisdom's sake. So we often ask, what is the meaning of life? And in our search to answer this question, we seek out solutions to these quandaries through philosophical or academic rabbit holes. Like maybe if I just discover this or that, then I can uncover the purpose for my work. I can discover what my true worldly identity is. And let me tell you that this is a fruitless endeavor. As someone who spent years studying Western and Eastern philosophies, who is well-schooled in micro, macro, and econometric principles, and who is a particle and astrophysics nerd, look, the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom is a noble and biblical pursuit. We are called to grow in wisdom. Scientific discoveries and scientific breakthroughs are blessings from God. As Riken says, all truth is God's truth, wherever we may find it. Because God created the world and everything in it, any truth that we discover is a divine gift. But, but, as we will read today, wisdom alone could never provide us with the meaning of life. It should not be the foundation for our identity. Thomas Schreiner notes that the wise perceive the meaninglessness of life under the sun, and they see more clearly than fools the sorrow and the grief and the frustration in human existence. In short, this passage reminds us that we live in a broken world, that wisdom apart from God is not wisdom at all, and that through all of this we need a savior. My prayer is that through this episode, we will see more clearly that despite the brokenness and the vanity, God is still sovereign, and that Jesus is, as 1 Corinthians one twenty four says, both the power and the wisdom of God.
I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under the sky. It is a heavy burden that God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. Ecclesiastes 1, 12 and 13. So remember this preacher, teacher, king over Jerusalem, located, king over Israel, located in Jerusalem. He's probably King Solomon, the direct descendant of King David, and he's widely considered to be the wisest person to have lived. He prayed for and was granted wisdom directly from God. Here in this opening verse of the passage, we read that he applied his heart to seek and to search out wisdom concerning all that is done under the sun. Basically, he made it his goal to learn and to understand anything and everything, and he tried to find the wisdom behind everything, including the meaning of life. So he put his mind to this, and he found that it's a heavy burden from God for men to try to attain this. Verse 13 here, by the way, is the first mention of God in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's in reference to God being greater than man, how he's sovereign over man. God might be able to understand the wisdom of everything, but for man, it is a heavy burden. The CSB calls it a miserable task. The ESV translated as an unhappy business. Solomon is underlining that for man, there are limitations to our attaining wisdom. Not only is there no way for us to possibly gain understanding in all wisdom, but as we'll read in the next section, the wisdom that we can obtain, it won't solve all our problems, and it won't reveal to us the true meaning of life. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a chasing after wind. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is lacking cannot be counted. Ecclesiastes 1, verses 14 to 15. So the famous atheist academic Richard Dawkins says that human existence is neither good nor evil, neither kind nor cruel, but simply callous, indifferent to all suffering, lacking all purpose. The teacher here in Ecclesiastes, he might agree that if you pursue the purpose of life through purely academic and intellectual means, sure, you will never find the true meaning of life. Everything will seem meaningless and like it's lacking a purpose. Not only is searching for the meaning of life through wisdom alone a futile effort, so is trying to use wisdom to solve the inherent brokenness in the world. Solomon has understood and applied wisdom, and he sees, as Schreiner notes, that there are many things in life that cannot be amended or corrected. And if we're honest, even the most ardent atheist knows this, right? Wisdom can't solve every problem. We live in a fallen world, and some things are so broken that they will never be fixed by human hands or human minds. We should apply wisdom to solve problems in this world, but thinking that mere wisdom will solve all of them, that's a fruitless endeavor. It's striving after the wind. Our inherent nature is to reject wisdom, to rebel against God. Humanity leans toward disobedience. That's why Jesus had to come, live a perfect life of obedience, die the death we deserved, and be raised to life to offer us eternal life. Not so that we can pursue wisdom for this life, but so that we could pursue Jesus, who is the wisdom of God and who offers eternal life. I said to myself, Behold, I have obtained for myself great wisdom above all who are before me in Jerusalem. 
Yes, my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also was a chasing after wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Ecclesiastes 1, 16-18 So now we see Solomon redirecting his pursuit toward using wisdom and knowledge to understand human morality, you know, right and wrong. Specifically to know madness and folly, which is just an expression for knowing why people live lives of disobedience toward God. He discovers, surprise, surprise, that this too is hevel, it's a chasing after the wind. King Solomon says in verse 18, For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Riken states that this is why people say that ignorance is bliss. That the more that we know about life, the more sorrows we have. But he also continues, Riken does, that if we take a secular perspective and we try to understand the world in our own terms rather than on God's terms, we will never escape Ecclesiastes 1. Look, people rebel against God. That's our bend. That's just a statement of truth. No amount of wisdom or understanding is going to solve that problem. If you attempt to solve it with wisdom alone, then you're going to feel weighed down by a burden that you were never meant to bear. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to make you feel like life is meaningless, and you'll be chasing after the wind. And now, now we're really getting to the wisdom that Solomon does want us to apply. Solomon attempts through wisdom to seek a solution to the chaos of our world. And it turns out that Genesis 1 already answers that question. Only God can bring order to chaos. Barak notes that an absence of viable human solutions drives the king inexorably back to God. The Christian Standard Bible subtitles this passage of scripture, The Limitations of Wisdom. And I could not agree more. The author doesn't say that wisdom is evil and knowledge is pointless. He is saying that aiming to master wisdom and making the pursuit of knowledge your sole purpose in life, that is fruitless. We should seek the wisdom of God that comes through a life lived finding our identity in God. That's the point of this concurrent study through Ecclesiastes and Philippians to help us reorient our identity from the hevel of this world to an identity found in God, the only identity that can produce true, lasting joy. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses are from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode will be in the book of Philippians, covering chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. We will continue talking about the aims of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. We'll be talking about knowledge, discernment, and approving excellent things in a way that produces the fruits of righteousness with the aims of praising and glorifying God. Until next time, though, I love y'all.